feel like Gordon Bombay would have taken his career to even further heights. Everything's flashy, everything's cocaine, everything's fun. Open wide for some soccer! I don't care what you think about, what your personal thoughts are at home. I care that you hate the Cowboys. Welcome back to the Sports Experience Podcast, everybody. Dom and Chris here. And uh, before we begin, as always, we're recording down here at Engel Studio in Tucson, Arizona for all your audio needs, uh, as well as please like, subscribe, share, follow, and most importantly, listen to this podcast. Like, come on, do the thing with the thing, do the thing. and our names and the at symbols and hashtags and whatnot. But uh, we're back in the saddle, Chris, and uh, we're back on the soccer pitch. All right. We're talking John Barnes today. John so, Barnes. Uh, legend in the 80s, early 90s, and uh, goes through, you know, what when uh, soccer is changing over there with some racial stuff. So uh, definitely an interesting. tell me the empire the sun never set on experienced things like this? They went through civil rights in the 30s over there. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> They still haven't gone through it. All they right, really have nope, nope, not Europe. Uh, anyway, they just brush that to the side. <laughs> what are those? Uh, John Charles Brian Barnes, born uh, November seventh, nineteen sixty three. Uh, Mom Francis and Dad Ken was a military gentleman from Trinidad originally. Yep, mm-hmm. uh, very military uh, family growing up and very uh, sports. Um, Centric family. Very sports-centric. Uh, even though he grew up on a military base, his dad was the uh, president of the Amateur Swimming Association in Jamaica and formed the country's first bobsled team. If you know what I mean. The guy that hired Irv Blitzer That's to true. take him to Calgary. You probably didn't know this. He was the money man behind that. They didn't show that in the doc no, that they, we all know and love. But yeah. We're talking snow and penguins and ice. Sanka, what you smoking? Not I'm smoking. smoking. I'm breathing. <laughs> it's the greatest movie of all time. It really is. So uh, good. Uh, anyway, uh, his dad was uh, joined the 1st uh, Battalion of the Jamaican Regiment, of the West India Regiment, and uh, post-colonialism in Jamaica rose pretty high in the uh, British military. Well, he said that Jamaican he, military, too. Yes, um, because Jamaica in that time and still is... A pretty poor country um but he said like him growing up definitely was different than other people growing up on the military base and his dad definitely had a high-ranking position like throughout his childhood so it wasn't like something later on like he was like a pretty high-ranking when he was younger so. oh he was like an officer like he was like a head honcho yep almost so like you know you don't want like you're not just being shipped around all the time he's doing like super important things and i don't know if you saw he ended up playing for the jamaican uh, national team he played soccer yep. for him i did see that and barnes john barnes had a quote where he said he was just like my dad wasn't very skilled but they brought him in almost as the disciplinarian where he was just like going to be the captain. And he was literally going to be like, this team needs to stop smoking weed. (laughs) If we're going to make this Olympics in Calgary, because, and that's literally what John, he said it because he was just like, my dad was not skilled, but he came in and was just like that hard nose. Like you need a guy like that on every team. Yep. You need a guy like that everywhere. Just brought that military, like, Guys, we can smoke after we've yep. won. After we've after. won. Not not during, not before, but after. We got it. Ball, because he was such a, a prominent military figure, um, ends up moving to England, and that 
changes, you know, John's Marn's life. So yeah, he's like twelve and a half years old. Yep, uh, seventy six when he moves to uh, England. Um, grows up playing sports. Obviously, he said he played rugby and uh, also played for what does it say? Paddington for the youth boys club. Yeah, so for soccer, for soccer, and uh, that's kind of where his career trajectory takes him. Well, he he also said when he got to England, like the teams in Jamaica, especially youth teams, it was just like everybody would just show up and you yeah. know who you were on your team. There's no he, organization. No, and, and when he went to England and he said for the first time, he was just like, oh, kids that were like 13 were wearing like uniforms. He was like, what the hell is going on out here? Like, this is crazy. And he actually started as a center back. He was a center back for like a couple of years. Oh, wow, really? And then when oh, he shit. was 15, 16, they ended up moving him to left wing and that's mm-hmm. when he just exploded into being one of the better, you know, prospects. So it, it's it's interesting because he starts at uh, Strewsbury, Strootberry, yep. old Strootberry town. Um, <laughs> but that's where he's playing when, when his dad moves there and um, he's like 16, 17. Mm-hmm. And then um, his dad's military, because the, um, they have like a three or four year, like, um, I don't even know what they called it. Uh, like, it's like a... Like an enlistment or yeah, something like so, jo- I don't know. I'm not a military, but I'm assuming but yeah, something like that. It's but like so your stint, yeah, a stint. So his his time was up in England, and his family was going back to Jamaica. He literally thought he was going to go back to Jamaica with them. Guys, and- you, you know what they got over there in England? Uniforms. <laughs> you know what they they have cleats. They have cleats. <laughs> okay, uniforms and everything. <laughs> Make the league minimum over there. That's right. You, you know do. how much ganj that buys here. Oof. So, and this is what's interesting. At Strutberry, there was a taxi driver who used to see him play, and he ended up picking up uh, one of the Watford scouts and told him, he was just like, you should come watch this kid play. His name is Barnes, I swear to God. So they give him a trial off of a taxi driver's recommendation. Can I just say something, though? This is a little off-putting. Like, if you're the Watford scout, it's like, so you're watching these kids play soccer in your taxi. Well, across the bark. <laughs> I mean. It wasn't as taxi nefarious. Taxi cab confession. I'm I mean, just saying. This is like the Mike Schmidt thing. I'm obviously joking, but it does sound, wouldn't, on its surface, it sounds weird. It does sound, I mean, he was definitely watching Youth Boys. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, so Take a seat. So, we just have regular tea. It's England. It's not iced tea. So a 17-year-old Barnes takes a trial with Watford. Um, the... I forget if it was the scout or the, you know, the um, sporting director um, said, because they normally give him a full game, like a 90 yeah. minutes. They try him out, maybe different positions. He goes, we ha- we played him one half, and then we told him, it was just like, oh, okay, you're not going to play the second half. And he kind of thought it was just like, I was playing really good. Like, what was going on? And they were just like, no, 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 we're going to sign you. That was it. We saw enough. We're done. And that's what they said. <laughs> they were just hurt. like, we didn't need to see that second 45. Like, we saw it. We're good. Um, so Watford signs them. And I saw the fee was a set of kits. That's Which was, is the quote. We that, really needed a washing machine. Well, the quote that I love, because this is what players signed for, was like, yeah. you signed and they gave you a uniform. And uh, the the sporting director was talking about how it changed so much, especially in his era where he was just like, yeah, we bought them for a pair of kits and we sold them for 90 or 90 or 900,000 pounds. And you were thinking about it. You were just like, Oh yeah, that was that huge explosion 
in the 90s of just money. The Premier League. Premier became, League, yeah. Yep. Oh, so um, to get into Watford, just real quick, they had uh, Graham Taylor as their manager. Mm-hmm. He had taken this fourth division Watford team up to the second division I in like four this. years. Um, a young Johnny Barnes comes in and really is what this team needed because they were like a hard-nosed team and he was more of just like that flair player. Finesse. Yep. He scores 12 goals in the second division um, to pr- get Watford promoted mm. uh, with Luton Town, who's back in the premiership this year. Oh, wow. They're going to go back down. Um, <laughs> and then this next year might have been one of the best um one of the best showings of a team that didn't win the league. Yeah. So, like, they were talking about this, especially, like, from this team who was in the fourth division five years ago. Yeah. They're up in the first division for the first time and in, like, forever, and they um, get second to Liverpool. Which is crazy. And Liverpool was on this domination string, so, like, they weren't going to get beat. But everyone was saying, like, they could have been, like, preseason going in they were like this Watford team could have gotten like relegated and they played oh, God. so unbelievably good and Barnes played like out Their of best his, player yes yeah um yeah just the just the amount of skill that he was putting on there and the thing that I saw because obviously you you, you get in interviews with him and he's they asked him they're just like when did you first experience racism in in <laughs> soccer sick and i stepped on the pitch maybe <laughs> well he said his first professional game oh god so in in the amateur ranks he was just like yeah like fans wouldn't yell that out that's crazy and he said the first time he went on the pitch for watford he just goes it was immediate and oh, you were like no. oh yeah that was the era of 80 hooliganism 82 yeah it was just like it was such a insane <laughs> thing that it wasn't even like they would do chance as an as a crowd, but see that's the thing. It's not just one drunk idiot, you know. Like because people like that exist. It's the whole or a majority of the crowd doing it. Where you're like, oh boy, and no. We we get into just the racism stuff. Um, his own fans when he would play for England would be racist against him. It's like why? So this one time he scored this goal against Brazil, amazing goal, probably one of the better ones of a English player, definitely one of the better ones of that era. Um, and they were taking a plane back from Brazil to England, and there were a bunch of English guys on the plane. And he, he heard the English guys, and they kept saying it. They were like, "Oh, we beat uh, Brazil one nothing because we're not counting Barnes's goal. He's black." That's literally what they oh, were saying. Oh my god! And like, it was like, "Aren't you guys supposed to be fans <laughs> like, of mine?" Like, it was the and he said the amount of racism was so nonchalant. Like they were like almost like, "Yeah, what." What's what do you mean? It's like American Southern racism. Oh my god! It, like it's because it's, so it's all out in the open. It's not like it's not hidden. It's not no. veiled. It's like this is how I feel. <laughs> yeah, student athletes. So that so and he said um, at the time and like subconsciously this might be a thing because he really did not play great for England. They not on the national team. They no. didn't play him in the right position, but he also said he was just like, I would go out to my own fans being racist. My, the fans of my own team being racist to me. It's like, yeah, that's hard to put that on because he might not have played well for England, but he rapped well for. England. Oh my God. It was, if you want to check out 
one of the greatest <laughs> music careers. I mean, fantastic soccer player. That's fine. But when we get into his music career, I mean, cocaine. <laughs> well, it's that cocaine fueled eighties where everything got the green light. Like you quantum know? leap. That's right. Don't steal our leap. I swear. Uh, 84 FA Cup runner-up with Watford. 86, 87 FA Cup uh, runner-up with Watford. So, like, they definitely, like, Watford became this, like, kind of good team. Um, they made it to the first division. To, which, and I they're mean, in like the first division. Before. That's yes. amazing. For them. Uh, Graham Taylor finally leaves. Mm-hmm. And then once Graham Taylor leaves, that's when, like, the board is like, yeah, we can't turn down the money that's coming in for John Barnes. Because, yeah. like... Manchester United was coming in and Liverpool was coming in and actually Manchester United had a deal in place and Sir Alex Ferguson de- denied it because he was going to stick with his like current yeah. left wing and he said this um, himself he was like that was one of the biggest transfers that I messed up on that is not Fergalicious no at all not at all nope um, so he goes to Liverpool for nine hundred thousand pounds. It's a lot of money. Um, played for Watford, 233 games, 65 goals. Mm-hmm. Obviously put them into the first division, you know? Yeah. Um, Liverpool, first season with them, they win the title. This is in Liverpool's dominance. So it's it's definitely like everybody was saw this clicking. Manchester United hasn't come onto the scene yet. 88-89 um, was the Hillsborough d- disaster. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, yeah. Well, didn't um, they we lose might... one of these games to our boy Vinnie Jones in Wimbledon? Oh, yeah, yeah, That's sure. Right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Hillsborough, though. Hillsborough, That's yeah, 96 people crazy. dead. We might do a thing on uh, disasters. Sports disaster. <laughs> the fan man. <laughs> No, Hillsborough's a tragedy. That oh, was yeah, just was... more less comical. Well, it, it 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 brought in a new wave of um, stadium reform because it was in this old rickety stadium where Liverpool fans were jumping up and down, and it collapsed, Ugh. killed ninety six people. Um, so he ended up taking a break from English duty to do like to like travel to fans and like shit like that. Which, when some of the fans treated him the way that he did, oh, well, the, these are Liverpool fans, not. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. So national, that's, yeah, the still, national, yeah, the national yeah. ones. They're fans of like Man U, and they're like, "No, we don't like that guy." And you're just like, "Get your head out of here!" Sing ass. the Manchester United song. Yep, that was a great Euro trip. Um, won the FA Cup against Everton in one of the best uh, Merseyside derby finals. They won three two. Mm-hmm. Um, he has this incident that happens against an, an Everton game. Oh, I read about this one. Oh where boy. Somebody threw a banana on and he backheels it. And he said it. He just goes, I've seen the video. It looks planned. It looks like somebody threw it on and I was like waiting for it. But he was just like, no, I was just in that mode where I saw something and I was just like ready to hit it. And this was the catalyst to start this new program at that time that they called um, uh, put put an end to racism in, in football. Yeah. And it's still going on. Well, uh, well, it's like they're just like, it's not. But this is what he said was because forever, and you can go back to old games with him, they would be an entire stadium almost chanting racist uh, stiff stuff against him. And he was saying that it was just like, like we were just out in the open. And this was one of the yeah. first times because it was on the nationalized te- televised. You couldn't hear what they said, but you could see it. And it, it brought in this it's new era. It's pretty clear of, what that means. Yes. Dicks. Yes. God. So it brought in this new era of, oh, we should probably stop being racist. In 1990. <laughs> That's what I mean. 
1990. It's I mean, not 1790. It's crazy. Uh, oh, no. 1990 was his best season. 22 yep. goals. Liverpool wins their last title in like 20 years. He um, was the Football Writers Association Footballer of the Year. Award. Well, this is what, if you hear, because this is definitely when the European countries are a little bit more isolated. Yep. And a lot of the English guys are like, for me, 88 to 91, John Barnes was the best player in England. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what they were saying. Like, in this era, he was just that much better than everybody else. And mm-hmm. this this definitely was his... This was this was him in his prime. Yes. Because and we're... Kenny Dalglish is, it took yeah, over as manager. Exactly. Like, all of this Scott's is... Scott's invade Wembley. Yep. All of this is... Like, literally, like, it all works for him because it, it works under his style, which was his complaint with England. They don't play in the right style. And he's um, like 24, 25 years old. Yep. It's like everything is coming together. He's in his prime, and then we have a couple of more seasons. Uh, well, it starts to dip off yeah. because um, Liverpool gets a new coach. They stop winning. You know yep. what I mean? They stop winning every single title, so that's a problem. <laughs> um, nobody really likes the new coach. He's this uh, Scottish guy named uh, Saus- Saunus. Yeah, I couldn't pronounce I it. Know. No. Um, he is a, he's a really interesting guy. We might do an ep- episode on him if we figure out how to say his name. Um, <laughs> but he he was just super hard nosed, super you know what I mean, like almost trained them too hard. They felt like, and it you can kind of see it because he comes into ninety one ninety two and only plays twelve games because he just keeps getting injured. Mm-hmm. And they were saying this, they were just like they were getting injured in training too much. The training was like too much. And like, that was everybody's complaint. And then he doesn't even play in their 92 FA cup winning final. Exactly. Because he's injured going into the 92 uh, summer, which is supposed to be the euros. Mm -hmm. He gets the worst injury of his life where he ruptures his Achilles. And that's why it's where you need the Aaron Rodgers voodoo, but it's not out there. yet. If you look at his legs, Oh God, it's literally looks like two different legs from two different people. One is completely muscular and the other one looks almost atrophied. And he said, he just goes, as soon as I stepped back out there, I realized I had to become a different player because I didn't have that. It's not speed. It's almost like explosivity where it's like a five-yard burst, and he just goes, I just didn't have it. And a so, cutting, too. And a, Yes, yes. Like, literally, it, more like basketball than I think people think. Yep. Or, you know? 100%. Um, but then this is the thing. So he's left wing forever. He starts to go drift to the middle and keeps his place as a starter, and he becomes a center defensive mid for Liverpool. And this is when the Premier League comes in. And a bunch of other teams are winning titles, not yeah. not Liverpool. Arsenal's winning, Man U, Blackpool wins one for some reason. Um, it's quite uh, I mean, Blackburn, sorry. It's quite a ridiculous run from what Liverpool was coming off of. Um, he becomes captain, uh-huh. um, uh, has a ridiculous goal against Newcastle if you ever want to oh, that check a, that. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. if you ever want to check that one. Um but literally his Liverpool career is it's summed up I feel like with the beginning being like this is another this is one of the greatest players the in the world yes. not just in and, England in the world. And another like dominance like they didn't see them kind of dropping off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially with him and then 
Liverpool just kind of dropped off and just didn't produce like they did, you know, for so many years. Mm-hmm. Um, he had 407 appearances for Liverpool, 108 goals, five major trophies, two league, um, and then moves to Newcastle for free, which yeah, essentially, some people thought was a little weird, but when you saw it, because Delglish now is coaching at Newcastle, mm-hmm. and Delglish brings him in, and he puts him on as the backup striker. To, what, so Shearer, right? So Alan Shearer yeah, gets injured. Yeah. yeah, so he's just like, well, you can play striker. And how bad Newcastle was, um, they lost, or uh, he scored six goals. He was their top scorer. So oh, like God. they were they were battling for the title the year before. This year that he came in, I think they were like thirteenth or fourteenth. So they end up firing Delglish, which probably wasn't appropriate because Shearer was out the whole year. Mm-hmm. But they fired Delglish. They bring in Rude Gullet, who. Does not like John Barnes. No, he, he does said not. it. He said it yep. in his autobiography. No. He was just like, I can't even tell you how just like the cold shoulder. He's just like, no, no, no we don't want you. So he immediately oh, man. puts him on the reserves. And people were even saying they were just like, dude, he looks so good in the reserves. He was just like, I don't care. Um, so I he, wonder why I didn't like him. So he knew he was uh, out at Newcastle, he goes to a free transfer to Charlton and pretty much is done at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of subs in a little and then tries to become a manager. Yeah, right. Which he takes over the Celtic position. Mm-hmm. Is th- This is the thing that always is crazy. In I think it was December, he won manager of the month. So he was like literally like on top of the world. <laughs> and then in January, they lost their Scott. I think they wa- lost in the first round of the Scottish Cup against a second round a second division team which no. is like it's, i think it's like the only time that celtic has ever done that and they literally so he he was literally manager of the month of december <laughs> they fired him in january oh jeez and his complaint this is his only complaint is he said i got one opportunity yep and i he felt like it was because he was black that he did not get another team coming in he he coached jamaica for a little bit mm-hmm. but that wasn't even to be fair, if he said this now, I don't know if I would buy it. But what we no found back then earlier, yes. oh, a hundred percent, that could have been the case. And this hundred percent, especially with this English, this is like the when all of these guys are dying out. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, 100%. Yes. So yeah. they, he definitely, I don't get, feel like got a fair shake at coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was literally the player that like laid the. He was the Jackie Robinson, of, but. <laughs> Uh, a lot of black players do say that they they owe a lot to him because he went to Liverpool, the biggest club in, in yeah. England at the time, and he performed, which a lot of people didn't think he was going to do. He said he got a lot of letters from Liverpool oh. fans before he went being like, don't come here. Oh, no. And he said... What's, he was, what, what's the... Uh What's the English equivalent of the word boy? Oh, my God. Like, I'm assuming there are a lot of letters that said things of that horrible nature. (laughs) Horrible nature. Yes, and he said it was horrible, but then when he went to Liverpool and succeeded, that kind of, their fans turned around. But that's, that was the other thing. It's just like, I shouldn't have to prove myself. Like, you fucking, yeah, whatever. You Um, limey best. Yes, John Barnes, absolutely fantastic. Um soccer player i did love this thing that one of his managers said he goes dude one of the greatest soccer players ever better person and i was like i love that. that's a good one yeah we, we sometimes we don't get guys like this on this podcast i know seriously sometimes we get trash humans but not john barnes yep thank you 